All right, welcome back. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. I kick Brinson aside and welcome in our buddy Wolfgang, who will uh, talk about, well, whatever the topic du jour is. You know, Friday we talked to uh, Wolfgang. I was a little fired up on Friday. Went back and listened a little bit. You got me, uh, you got me going. You going to do the same today? You swear you, you swear you went relentless. Yeah. I'm Oops. impressed because there were other people telling me that. I like when you get like that. You were trying to deny that you got like that, but Trent, you were not alone. You're not like a LeBron lover. No. You're not a Cavs lover. You're not an NBA lover. You like it, you yeah. know, and I get that. But you weren't the only one, man, and you got fired up, and we were on the road quite a bit, Trent. And uh, pretty much, like, I went and listened to some Chicago podcasts, New York. Then I listened to some national ones. Everybody was just in awe of that game because there were so many storylines that you could talk about, whether you like the NBA or not. People were pissed, even if they didn't like the Cavs and LeBron, with why they took away what they did from us. Because yesterday, I mean, what yesterday happened with, with the Cavs and, and the Warriors, you saw the Warriors when they can go off and go nuclear, and you watch that and you go, wow, it'd be cool if it was 1-1 right now, but they stole that from us. They stole basically the series is what I told you on Friday. Mm-hmm. And you were mad at that. You were mad at a number of things. And these aren't like, these are not even people that even like the Cavs or like LeBron. These, this is like New York and Chicago, and they love Jordan. And even they were mad, right? It was kind of cool to listen to and cool to hear and hear them, their take on all the calls and the way the game went. And I heard a number of people say, that's one of the, I don't know if they said best games I've ever seen, just in terms of like the, you know, the, the water cooler talker yeah. here at the vending machines the next day. It's like, where do you even start? I mean, we didn't even get to LeBron's shorts. His what do you call those? You know, his suit with shorts, and then he took his man purse out, his forty-one thousand dollar man purse. I mean, we didn't even get into that stuff. There was, and then he and then he talks to this this reporter that I understand he's doing his job, but how many times are you can ask him the same question and try to get him to put Jr. throw him under the bus? No, he's not going to throw Jr. Smith under the bus. He kind of likes Jr. Smith, and he's also a part of his buddy's Clutch Sports Agency. You think he's going to throw him under the bus? No, making fourteen million. J.R. Smith is making fourteen million dollars a year. Trent, just comprehend that for a second. Ah, <laughs> oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would be <laughs> nice. J.R. He's he's got things figured out and beats to, uh, marches to the beat of his own drum. That is for sure with Mister J.R. Well, I, I don't really want to talk much NBA today because I'm like you said, it's over. I mean, it's it's over. If it, if it was 1-1, it, it'd be different. Now, if Cleveland comes back and wins the next couple of games, all right, we'll have a conversation, but I don't anticipate that. I'll think they'll still won. It'll be over in five. That's what I said beforehand, and uh looks to be the case. But because we talked so much NBA on Friday, we really uh, didn't have much time to talk about what we had planned on talking about, and that is the return of Tyler Cook and Isaiah Moss to Iowa and what that means. And And that's... To me, the big question is, mm-hmm. it's a very simple one, but what does this mean? Because I, I still believe Tyler Cook back, Tyler Cook gone off to, to play professionally. It's very difficult, at, at least from my perspective, to go all in with this team. To say, yes, they are going. Iowa basketball will be back in the NCAA tournament in 2018-2019. They, they will be back at the level we anticipated going into last year just because of what we saw on the defensive end of the floor last year. So I'll keep it open-ended for you at the top. Tyler Cook coming back, what, what that means to you. 
No, and I don't think we we haven't even talked about Moss, have we? No, no, not not if we did, we just touched on it. Okay, real quick, let me ask you a question, then I'll go off. But you're the you're the Vegas guy. You like the you know the betting stuff. Will there be odds on like like you're you're, you're acting like I was not going to make the NCAA tournament? I totally understand that opinion. Totally get it, and I'll get into that in a sec. But will there be odds on teams that will make the NCAA, NCAA tournament and won't? Would you be able to bet on that if you wanted to, Trent? I have I have never seen that put up as a prop in Vegas. No. Why? Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh, it would be. I'm sure, but I, I'm sure for them, they probably just don't get enough on it because huh. by the time it, it gets to that point, you know, now you're getting ready for football. It just you got to know where your bread is buttered, and that is football. And, and the season begins as football season's really ramped up. So I, I would guess that's the reason for it why they don't have those props and toying around with it. But you know what? That, that's a good idea. I've thought about that before. I've wondered. I've never been able to find them, but maybe that's something I'll talk to my buddy uh, Chris Andrews out in Vegas about and see. No, I, yeah, and I'd be interested in that, Trent, because wouldn't there be like 15 teams that you could put up as prop, as prop bets? I mean, we're not betting on Duke or North Carolina, but we're betting on certain teams that right now we look at like might be on the bubble or something like that. I would think they'd be able to put 10, 15 teams up are you know are these teams going to make it or not? Um, but I don't know how it works like you guys do. Um, it just seems like it'd be a cool bet for me. They have so many ridiculous bets up there. I'm like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they do that as big as, as college basketball is? But you talking about the Hawkeyes um, NCAA tournament? Can you possibly see this? Um, Rob Howe did an article. You need to get him on this week if you can. He'd be fun to talk about. He did a minutes distribution. I've done it with you. I've done it with John Miller. Mm-hmm. John used to make fun of me because I was the guy that said, this guy needs four minutes, or this guy needs to play less. And John called me to the carpet, and I appreciate that. You've done that, too. Yes. Well, it's easy to say that, right? Yes. Well, very easy to say that. We've done that over the last couple of years. Easy to say somebody deserves more minutes or less, but there's only freaking 200 minutes in a game, and you have to somehow spread that out. And it's so hard. At least I do. I think you agree with me. I, I get nervous talking about it when we do it because I don't want – you know, I don't like to be wrong, and I'm look, looking at this going, well, I like this guy sometimes. Well, sometimes I don't like this guy. Well, sometimes I would, quite frankly, you know, give that guy a DNP for matchups. I wouldn't even play the guy. Um, it's, it's just weird to watch. So watching this year with Iowa basketball and Fran McCaffrey – and you thinking they're probably not going to make it to the NCAA tournament. The question is, what has actually changed from last year? What are the two things that you think that I would say have actually changed from last year? There's two things. There's two things that would be, you know, one and two, and then we can go from there. What do, you, do you have anything on your mind? I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Trent. Are there two things that you see with this roster that go, hmm, okay, that's different? In terms of roster construction, yes, not really. Not I no, mean, you're not seeing anything. Okay. No, it's a glut of big guys, a glut of forwards. It depends on you know what you consider Isaiah Moss, Joe Wieskamp. Can those guys play together? Do you consider them small forwards? You know what? What do you consider Nicholas Bear? But overall, not a ton of depth okay. at the guard position. Uh, if now these are ifs, Connor McCaffrey's he's ready to go to be a backup and give you 12 minutes a game. All right. Are you going to be able to find a guy that can be a defensive stopper, a good guard? Can you stop on that end of the floor? Macy Daly. You know, we, we've seen him working out and he's looking cut and he's, he's doing that. But, you know, does that translate to the floor? But, but in terms of roster construction, 
There's, there's two. You mentioned them. You mentioned them. So the two would be, after I say them, I think you'll agree, they would be the biggest things. You need a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. Guy that didn't play last year, Connor McGrath, McCaffrey, who I think you like. I probably like him more than most just because I – it's obvious, dude. It's smart. He knows how to run a team. We need a backup point guard, a guy that can set up the offense. Doesn't care about scoring. He doesn't need to score. He just looks like he got it from the small glimpses last year. I saw Trent. I know it's not huge. I'm not saying he's going to be all Big Ten. I'm not saying that. I just liked the smoothness as a true freshman when he was out there for most of the time. Not all the time. Not saying he's a stud. Not what I'm saying, people. So don't come back at me when he doesn't make. You know all Big Tens all the time. I'm just saying, I like him as a part of the team. Cool. Down with him. I'm not saying he would be one, and then, and then Weiss Camp or Weiss Camp, whatever. Um, I think adding him, that's another guy can come in, um, not a big, but can be kind of in between there at the three, small forward type guy. Um, if we had a coach that looked at mismatches, you could find something. But the interesting thing with him, Trent, and you would know more about this than I would over his, four-year high school career, he, I believe, set the 4A scoring record. Was Horner, was your guy Horner number one? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. He, or he was close to number one, if not number one. He broke that, but I thought he was a better three-point shooter. Weisskamp. Weisskamp. His senior we- year, he was Weiskamp. about 34-ish. Weisskamp. Thank you. Weisskamp. Yeah, Thank you. Say, say it a couple times. Get, rhymes with parents. Rhymes with parents. Right, right. Get, say it a couple times. Get... get there we go. Ready? Well, tell me what it rhymes with. That's we- the only way I remember. Th- thinking, I have it in my head. thinking you're wheezing. You have a cold. You're wheezing. Wheeze camp. I'm wheezing at how many threes he's going to make this year. I'm so happy. You're okay. Okay. got it. It's done. You're I'll never in. forget his name again. Wheeze camp. Oh, so good. Look at all those three pointers. We're in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So wheeze camp, and he hit sixty of them last year. Yeah. Okay. So high volume shooter or not accurate because it was thirty four percent. His senior year, Trent, I will look that up for next time. Not asking you to do that right now, but 34% in high school, that's really not that great. So, Have you seen Muscatine play? I have, but not not live, no. Okay. Uh, You and I could have played for Muscatine. Me, fat, out of shape, 38-year-old, would have been part of the rotation. Well, I've gained 25 pounds, so (laughs) I'm going to lose 25 in about a month you watch this, but... (laughs) Give me a month, but we need to find a buy a, spon- a sponsor for that. By the way, I'm gonna lose 25 pounds in a month. You watch what happens. He but, um, he he did not have much help around him, is what I'm saying. How many of those were forced just because they okay. needed somebody to do something? And the year before, he shot 41 percent from three. As oh, a junior, that's what I was looking for. Beautiful. Yes, I'm doing this on the fly. Let me look up his sophomore year this stats. Is, this is kind of fun. I'll let you look it up as I talk. I kind of like this off-the-cuff stuff where we don't pretend like we know it all like all the other radio people. We don't actually know everything. I know that's stunning to people out there, but 41% as a junior, I'll take that. I was a little disappointed with 34.2 or whatever it was, um, Wieskamp's uh, senior year. I was a little disappointed with that. 31% as a sophomore. That's not overly encouraging. Nope. I'm I'm being honest here. On the cuff honesty. This is fun to me. This is kind of fun. And as a freshman, he... Don't tell me it was a negative percentage. No, 40%. Shot it real well as a freshman. Whoa, hello. 40 of 100. Wow, okay, so maybe he had more health. Like what you're saying, he's a freaking freshman playing on... Was he playing on on varsity, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So he's got other guys around him that are leaders that could do other stuff. They're not worried about him as much. 
which will happen next year. People won't be worried about a true freshman coming in. Oh, I'm so scared of Wieskamp. Uh, what will we see? But I never, never trust true freshman coming in and shooting threes, Trent. I just don't. Never have. Now, my, you have to change your mind frame now because the game's different. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my mind frame before, like, the last, whenever this changed, the last five years. I don't even know when it changed, Trent. You tell me. I'm sitting here talking to my dad about stuff, and I'm like, my dad's looking at this. And I'm like, you see that, Dad? You see that? Uh, that didn't happen back in the day. So I don't know when it changed, but now guys just shoot crazy three-pointers. And But if he can add something, I know he's not a crazy athlete, but if he could be a good three-point shooter, if he can, you know, be a good all-around player, and I hear stuff about him, you know, going and playing with guys that that had a chance to make the NBA this year, Trent, and that's good. That's good. Playing against elite competition. Now this PTL thing that's coming up, they need to like pump that up and start playing defense. Who cares about the offensive crap? I want to see him play defense. I can't believe I'm saying that in a summer league, but we need to see that from this team. And it all goes back to the question again, Trent, what are we going to see differently about this team? I mentioned two, okay, two different players that we're going to see, which I think is big. Ball handler, smart guy, and then Wieskamp, top 51, top 50 recruit, whatever. What are we going to see besides that? I mean, I could go on forever. Is there one that you got that you think you might uh, besides that? Give me one, Trent. Is there one that you go besides roster construction that, this guy is going to make a leap that I didn't see coming. I mean, let's get. I mean, let's get people pumped here. So one guy, you go, damn, he's gonna make a he's gonna make a leap here. I, I don't. That means no. I don't. I don't have anybody. No, I'm. I'm not willing you to go there. Mod I, Wag, you don't think a mod wagger will add to this team? <laughs> He'll add to Kentucky. No, here's the thing, and, and this is kind of at the top. Of what I what I said to you, I'm. I'm struggling with is this team, how they're constructed, what they're going to do. You don't know until you see it. And, and I hate that in sports talk radio. We're, I hate that too, Trent, but I, I like it We're supposed to like give opinion. But you said, you know, get the people pumped up. I can't do it. I'm not going to feign praise about these guys. Uh, well, you know what? They're, they're locked in in the, in the weight room, and they're really going to be a lot better. And, and they know they need to be better on the defensive end. Until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. I believe this team is talented enough, certainly, to be an NCAA tournament team. I think a year getting back after what they had. You know, I, I saw this brought up the other day. I can't remember where it was, but I thought it was a really good point. And mm-hmm. you look across the board, all of these guys, I, I would guess to a T, none of them had been in a season like that as a basketball player, where they struggled like that, where they had those kind of issues in terms of wins and losses. Jordan Bohannon never had that at Linmar. Tyler Cook never had that play with Jason Tatum, AU basketball, and their high school team. I mean, these, <laughs> these guys never went through a season where they're 4-14 four and 14 in their conference. So does that lead to, to the work, or do bad habits start to develop? Or bad chemistry continue to develop? Those kind of things, that's the great unknown, at least to me. And I, and I sit here and talk about, you know, roster construction. I'm sitting here looking at it again, Trent, and I'm getting annoyed. Again, our, our, it's still a horrible, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to go heavy on guards, dude. Am I wrong? I'm sitting here looking at this. It's, we're still, we got too many, like, 
big guys. And so, Rob, Rob Howe, love it, man. Love Rob. And thank you for putting this out here, Rob, so I can change stuff and then make fun of you. I'm not making fun of you. I have no idea how to do it. It's easy for us guys, after you do it, to say, uh, yeah, that was wrong. But I'm looking at Kringer with five minutes. Five minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Remember two of, was it two of the last four games? He got, I think, 15 and 17 or 17 and 14. And that was the Michigan game that we lost in overtime in the Big Ten tournament. And then I can't remember the other game. If, I can't remember. He was phenomenal. And we go, wow, maybe we should play this guy. And I was hoping maybe some people transferred because this guy might actually be good. So right. you're making fun of me. I'm bringing up the guy nobody's talking about. Rob Howe has his, the worst minutes on the team, and I'm bringing him up. But two out of the last four to five games, he had 15 and 17 or something close to that. Don't quote me. Yeah, I'm looking like, at it right here. Had 15 against Minnesota, had 14 in the Big Ten tournament against Michigan. And it was not like volume shooting. It was like six of seven or six of eight, and then it was like, that's efficiency, man. That's low minutes and efficiency. That's what every coach wants. Who doesn't want that? Efficiency. That's what it's about. But we're just poo-pooing this guy now. And I'm just like, do I like Creener better than Pencil? I don't know. There's so many things I have to think about, Trent. Do you even understand what I'm saying? With There's Creener, a lot. Do you remember those last two games? Yeah, of How course. Yeah. You were about it. Yeah. Okay. What, what would you like to see? With uh... the bigs. Let's go with the bigs because... Some of these guys, I'm sitting here looking, trying to find out who needs to redshirt. If they're only going to give Creener five minutes, it's time to redshirt. But it, it, it's not going to happen. I, Why? I got, if he's only going to play five minutes? It just doesn't happen in college basketball. N- name the last guy that went from playing even eight minutes a game to redshirting. And we've got to go back 30 years to what, Brad Lowhouse? Right? I mean, he redshirted right before his senior year. we got to go back 30 years, Wolfgang. No, I, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out, and we're doing the whole 12-man thing and all these 12 guys are going to play again thing. It's just like, for some reason, if I remember the whole Kringer thing right, he got a little more minutes. I don't think he got a ton of minutes. It wasn't very many, I'm telling you. He was efficient, and all of a sudden, he didn't have to worry about this guy or that guy, and he's like, up and unders, and there was, like, slick moves. I want to go back and watch this now just to make sure my memory is right. But I do remember, like you said, two of the four, two of the five games, mm-hmm. he was a stud. And we looked at it and go, wow, where's this been? And then we look at Pemzel. Liked him his freshman year. This last year, he loses weight. He, I mean, he does what he needs to do. And I'm like, can he finish ever? And I like Pemzel. But anyway... I just look at this, the big guys. What are you going to do with these guys? Nunge? Nunge, what are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with him? He isn't good at the three. We found that out. Would you agree, yes or no? Where does Nunge, Where do you want Nunge? Nunge's a power forward. He's miscast as a small forward. He's a power I forward. I agree. I agree. I agree. So I'm looking up and down the roster, and I want to talk about this more in depth with the big guys at some point. But I'm trying to look at here and figure out, ooh, this could be the guy that sets us, sets Iowa to be a team that maybe 
not even Hawkeye fans were expecting. Because if you look at last year, Trent, none of the Hawkeye fans thought we were going to 4-14, four and 14, be one game out of last place from Rutgers. We're playing, is it Pitt? Yeah, Pitt, Pitt in the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. Oh, that would be phenomenal. And they went 0-18, for 18, I think, in the ACC. I think. That's, I mean, come on. That's embarrassing. That shows you what the ACC Big Ten people think of what Iowa just did last year. Yeah. And let's get our head straight, people. That's not our program. What happened last year is not our program. Fran's done a fine job. Not a great job, but a fine job. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm not, I, I'm not killing Fran at all. There's, I don't know why I don't, because I disagree with him on almost everything. I should kill him, but he does things that I wouldn't know how to do. He sees talent. He, he could do this and that and get guys, but you know, you read certain stuff and you, and you look at, you look at a guy like Moss. What has Moss been told in practice, Trent? What would you say? When a guy like that, who, whose best thing, I can't even say this without laughing, man, Cayman Islands classic all-star. All right. Okay. That's his, he's got a trophy up there, all right, hanging from the ceiling fan or whatever. Well, that's, the, that's the, his... the end of the Minnesota game, when they were down big and he, he shot him back and at least made it look competitive in the scoreboard when, what, he finished oh. with 32? Trent, Trent, why are you trying to hold me from going off? Because I'm, give me a break. And what, what is he being told in practice? Isaiah Moss, what, is, what, is, what are the coaches saying to him to make he, make him think that he can actually go to this thing without being made fun of? Or is it just a family thing going, you know, like something we saw last, you know, a few days ago? Did you see that J.R. Smith? I'm telling you, Isaiah, Isaiah Moss, you at least know what basket to go to, okay? Go and try and, you know, NBA thing. This is no problem. And I know you like Bill, Bill uh, Simmons. You brought this up to me. And his irrational confidence, dude. Yeah. Is Moss that guy? I mean, does, he can be, how, yes, I, yes, absolutely. Oh, he man. he can be that guy, and you need to tap into that because I said it last year, and I th- still think it's the part that's incredibly important. I believe that him and Wieskamp need to play together. I, I think you need to have more guys that can handle the ball out uh, there. Slow Stop. Down, slow down. Slow Stop. down. I haven't heard that. You need who and who to play together? Wieskamp and Moss need to play together. Okay. You need them in in a three-person backcourt. You need then your your parts with McCaffrey and Daly coming off there, and you need to. I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing these guys that aren't small forwards trying to play small forward in a game where basketball is evolving. Basketball is getting to a point where you can't get away from basically playing a power forward. Oh, you know what? We might have to play him at, at small. It doesn't work. We saw it last year. Coral Pemsel, no, you're not playing him at the three. Tyler Cook, no, you're not playing him at the three. Jack Nungy, no, stop playing him at the three. Oh, it's going to lead to a crunch. But if this team is going to be that, I believe it's going to be because Isaiah Moss is ready to go in his consistent game in and game out. Of course, there'll be some clunkers. You're playing 35 games, there'll be some clunkers in there. But overall, the consistency is much better than what we've seen, scoring, and the basketball IQ. He can lock down guys. Now, it only happens for a possession or two. <laughs> he disappears, and somebody, and he gets lost behind a pick and gives up an open three. That kind of level also. Not just scoring, but also on the defensive end needs to come forward. But if you have him at Wieskamp, who is a good rebounder at that size, who can play the small forward position, 
I really think you have something there. You got your backup point guard. You got Daly that can come in. There are combinations, absolutely. You know, bear a little bit at the three, but not a ton. I just, that's what I want to see out of this squad. Go out there, play more guards, play the way the game's evolving to. Yes, and the roster construction, again, is badly set for this coming year. Mm -hmm. We would agree. Yeah. Now, there's a way to do it, but you're going to piss off some of your players, right? So be it. You're going... This is big boy basketball. Okay. So there is a way to do this. So let's just, man, we should do this next time or the, the following time. Let's just do it. Because you just said what I said. Three guards need to be on the damn court. I, I don't, you can't put Nunji, oh boy, at small forward. You can't put, right. who else am I looking at? I, Tyler Cook. Uh, it doesn't work, Trent. No. It doesn't work in this basketball unless you go crazy. It might in college. If if you had the perfect coach and they went at mismatch after mismatch and posted Cook on some bull bleak guard that was trying to guard him, you could probably make it work. But how are you Maybe. doing it defensively? That's the thing. If you That's if you had an elite on the ball defender, yes, you can do it. But they don't. They don't have that guy. So because you don't, you can't play this way. Uh, offensive end aside, they're fine. You know, yeah, you can you can play that lineup offensively. But offense isn't the concern, Wolfgang. It's a defense that was 242nd in the country last year at Ken Palm. That's what we're getting to here. No joke. Tell the people once again, stay up for the people in the back of the church. Defense, defense, defense. Chan it, get your pom-poms ready. Be like Kendrick Perkins and cheer away. <laughs> oh, God, it was pathetic, Trent. Oh, Lordy, how you doing? We got a couple minutes or no? We we done? Oh uh, yeah. We what, what do you got? You got one final thing you want to throw out there before yeah, we? One final thing. I'm just sitting here looking at the roster. What if Daly is that guy? Sure. You brought him up in passing. Yeah. What if he like every once in a while you got to have a guy that just comes out and maybe not nowhere, but for nowhere for like the regular fans that go that says you know what the heck just happened there? Why? Where did this guy come from? Brad Lohoff. His fifth-year senior year, right? Mm -hmm. Brought that up? Yep. I believe I saw him at a buzzer beater when I was really young. Anyway, back in the day at Carper Hawkeye Arena. You look at this, there's got to be somebody that steps up that we don't know is going to actually step up. Can Daly be that dude? I'll let you finish this off because you know what what time we have. But could he be that guy? Oh, absolutely. Look at the numbers from a year ago. He goes, averages 16 minutes a game. Averages five points, assist and a half per game. That one jumps out to you, right? And that limited playing time, two rebounds. Not, not good. Check out his three-point percentage. Wow, didn't know that. 39% from three. Did not know that. Totally looked it up. He's six seven. Now, he's the guy, more than anything we're talking about offensively, with the link that he has, with the athleticism, is he that guy? Now, there's probably point guards that he's not going to be able to guard, but can he play the two, the three, the shooting guard, the small forward, the best offensive threat on that end? And that's a guy that, you know what? We need to give Macy Daly 20 minutes a game, 22 minutes a game because of what he can do on the other end. I think it's completely being looked at. I, I think that they are taking a look at all avenues. And, and here's a saving grace. I will go out on a positive note with this conversation, Wolfgang. <laughs> About time, brother. Iowa has been terrible defensively before. Awful under Fran McCaffrey. And they bounced back, and they became a good defensive team. It has happened before. 
They went for one of the worst Power 5 conference teams defensively and improved. And over the final couple seasons of Woodbury and Gassell and Clemens in that group in Utah, they were a top 30 team defensively back-to-back years. It can happen. You can get guys to do it. Now, individually, are the parts the same? No, they're not. Those guys all were pretty good defensive players that I mentioned in different ways, but it can happen. And that is, I guess, the saving grace here. That it's happened before. This isn't just wishing upon a star. You have seen Fran McCaffrey turn his teams into pretty good defensive teams. It can happen. Nope, and I'll get out on this. You are not wrong. What you're saying, a lot of people have not brought up. You're right, and that was that's what like makes me happy and excited. You have to be at least excited somewhat going into a season. So what you bring up there is is true. It's true. Trent, so there may be something there in the future. We'll see. See how the puzzle pieces go. See how many players he's you know decides to play, and it's fun. And I've got like totally a hundred angles after what I've been listening to for Friday. So this will be fun. Positivity on a Monday. That's what it's all right. Right. <laughs> That's right. True. All right, we'll talk to you later in the week. Be good. All right, see you, brother. Bye-bye. Wolfgang checking in with us. Find him on Twitter at WolfgangHawkeye. He does the post-game reaction pods over at HawkeyeNation.com on the basketball side. Always fun talking with him. We're coming back, taking you up until 6 o'clock here this evening. Back with more Jimmy B and TC on 1700. All right, welcome back. Getting ready for game number two of a big doubleheader happening in Urbandale this evening. Third-ranked Jayhawks against top-ranked and the reigning champions in 4A, the Johnston Dragons. And joining us right now, the head man going into, uh, well, season number three with the Urbandale Jayhawks, Jeremy Heinen, joining us on the show today. Coach, how's it going? Good, good. How you guys doing? Uh, everything's great here and so excited about seeing you guys out on the field for the first time this year. You know, I was not able to uh, do any broadcast a season ago, but we're back at it this year. Excited about all the coverage of high school baseball. And, and I say it every single year, though, Coach, the, the talent level in the CIML year after year after year, it's incredible. And you got a great squad yourself there in Urbandale. Yeah, you know, the CIML is incredibly tough. Um, every year it seems like, kids go and they're going to play for the University of Iowa and then all of a sudden uh, kids pop up and they're coming to your place and throwing 85 to 92 and uh, seem like they're going to go to another Division One school. So absolutely, Sam, incredible. We do have a good squad, squad this year. We're, uh, we're senior dominated and that always helps going into CIML. So. You know, Coach, uh, back to a year ago before we, we take a look at your squad off to that 8-0 start this season. You guys were so close to making a return trip, getting to the state tournament, lose a heartbreaker to Waukee 3-2. to yep. Was that the kind of motivation you needed? You mentioned a senior-laden group. Yeah, it's tough to lose that one, but pushing the guys through, well, what a spring that seemed like went on forever that we never even really got a spring. Yeah, you know, that, that loss was heartbreaking. Um, we had two seniors that ended up, you know, leaving us uh, – Brock Skoog and Michael Van Riesen. Uh, the offseason, I thought, was about as good as we've ever had since, uh, you know, for a long time that I can remember. Um, the kids worked extremely hard. The leadership was unbelievably great. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know if that helped us or, or you know, if we made it to the state tournament, it would have we even worked harder. I just think that we had a, a good group and we continue to have a good group and our seniors work really, really hard and the leadership's really good out of that group. So. Uh, you hate to lose that one last year, but, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. So the ball drops, we probably win that game in right field. Yeah, uh, one, one of those ones that I'm sure will probably uh, be haunting you for a while. 
But this yeah. year could certainly change that. And a big, uh, big one in front of you tonight. You got the defending champions and Johnston coming into your building for a doubleheader. You look at Johnston and what, what Coach Barta's been able to create over there. What do you expect when you uh, see the Dragons out on the field this evening? Well, you know, his groups are always coached very well. They always have a ton of enthusiasm. So um, we're looking at a very similar group that he's always had. They they also have some younger, very talented juniors and uh, some senior guys that are going to do a good job for him. So, I mean, we're just going to have to compete. And, you know, I told our kids last night that no matter what, we got a tough week. We got Johnson, Dowling, Marshalltown, and then Des Moines Lincoln and a JV varsity on Thursday. And if we go 7-0, and it's not going to win us a state championship. And if we go 0-7 this week, it's not going to win us a state championship. So we just got to go out and compete. And uh, I'm looking forward to this week and, you know, just going to see what, what we really can do this, this, uh, with this season. But uh, excited for the, uh, the challenge this week. Well, big measuring stick, certainly game tonight. We'll have game two coming up 7 o'clock between Urbandale and Johnson here on 1700. Coach, uh, your third season at the helm, year number one, make it to the state tournament year two, as we mentioned, just a, a game short. But you're replacing a legend in Denny Barton. You, yep. you look up there on the scoreboard, you see his name up there. You know, yep. what, what's been the most difficult thing for you taking over a guy that as revered as Coach Barton was? Well, I don't know. I mean... I coached with Coach Barton for about 15 years, and, um, you know, I learned from him, and uh, I, I really don't know. I didn't really, really look at it as any negative that I was taking over a legend. Um, I just looked at it as a positive and wanted to grow this program any way we could as a staff, and uh, I've got a great coaching staff that's with me, um, and we continue to get better and better, and, you know, Coach Barton's around a lot. Uh, he runs our winter hitting, so it's not like he's disappeared from this program at all so his hands all over this program um you know love him to, to, to death and and and, and just want to conter- continue on a great tradition at urbandale high school so coach uh, jerry Hyde joining us here urbandale head baseball coach coach one final thing uh with your squad this year i, I was taking a look at the numbers yeah it's early but you guys off to a great eight no start but 62 strikeouts as a staff against just 14 walks. That one leaped off the page to me out of your pitching staff. Yeah, our pitching's good. And, uh, you know, when you talk about senior leadership, that's where it really has started. And on the bump, we're really, really good with that. Um, we've got kids that are throwing for us that have really thrown their since their sophomore year, and they're just with a ton of confidence. I mean, I think the senior years is where they just say, hey, you know what, they own the they own the bump. They, they think they're the studs on the, on the field, and, it's really showing right now, and you know, we got a long ways to go, and there's going to be some rocky probably starts for a few of those seniors, but uh, they're, they're throwing well right now. Uh, I get that the strikeouts are, are really, really good. Um, you know, tonight will tell a lot, a, li- a little bit. Again, this week, our competition will be better this week, so will we have those types of numbers still? Who knows? But uh, I, know, I know our guys will throw. They'll pound the zone, and they got a nice off-speed pitch that can get guys out, so... Uh, we actually hope they pitch the contact, to be honest with you, and, and let our fielders, fielders play a little bit too. But uh, we've been good that way. So, Offensively, you guys are putting it together as well. And at the top, Brooke Heinen, 632 batting average. Now, that, that's going to be incredibly difficult to keep up. I think his OPS is up over, over uh, 1,600 on the year. But tell us a little bit about Brooke. No, Brooke, Brooke came a long way. Um, Brooke last year batted for about 285 for us. Uh, his speed is tremendous. So when he hits a ground ball or he hits a ball that uh, 
most guys are out. He's able to beat it out, which is really, really good. He's worked hard in the offseason. Um, I know Coach Delaney, one of our guys that we brought in as a hitting coach, he, you know, Brooke has just fed off him and, and listened to him like a sponge. So um, he, he's doing really, really good. And, you know, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Brooke had thyroid cancer uh, about two months ago. Mm. And um, he's really, I think, enjoying just being healthy. Uh, we, we got the thyroid out. He's cancer-free. And so I think he's just taking a, the perspective of just having fun and, and going out and competing and knowing that being on the baseball field is a, a lot of fun. And I think that's showing a lot right now with his early success. Uh, and, no, his, his average is whatever, 632 or whatever you said. Um, that obviously will change. But uh, he continues to hit baseball's hard and doing some good things. Uh, I think he can have a great year. And you got a freshman seeing a little plating time for you as well. Garrick Christensen, I mean, how's that for a baseball name, Garrick? Kid's born yeah. to play ball, right? Yeah. No, Garrick, it, Garrick's a talented kid. Um, he's got, a, again, a lot, a lot of work to do. Uh, we were really impressed with him behind the dish, uh, just catching and things. He's got a, he's got a phenomenal arm, uh, and he's hungry to get better. My gosh, he's got a lot of talent, and um, I believe he's verbal to Iowa. And so uh, he, he'll, be, he'll be a good player for us for four years. But uh, – got a lot of work to do and excited to have him in this program. Well, Coach, congratulations. You passed the 100-win plateau in your career and up over 60 at Urbandale. Another great start this year. Excited to see the squad for uh, the first time this season out there. One final thing. I, I lied to you. I got one more for you. I know you're a yeah. Hawkeye guy and you brought up the Iowa baseball team. Uh, the job, it was disappointing what happened over in Omaha in the Big Ten tournament, but just yep. the job you're seeing. I was at Iowa at the same time as you, and, and from what that baseball program was back in the 90s and throughout the early 2000s to today, it's incredible to see. It's absolutely incredible. Um, Coach Heller has done a phenomenal job. I mean, I think anybody that's been around it, uh, you know, I, I, I loved Coach Banks, and Coach Banks had a great career, but... Uh, you know, uh, it kind of got down there for a little while. Mm-hmm. And um, Coach Heller's brought that back tremendously and just excited as heck to continue to watch the University of Iowa and get uh, some Iowa baseball players going there. It's fun to see. No doubt. Well, excited to see your squad tonight, Coach. We'll see you out there at the ball field. Good luck tonight. All right. Thanks a lot. Jeremy Hyden joining us, the head coach for the Urbandale baseball team, as we get ready for tonight's action. 7 o'clock with the first pitch here on 1700 KBGG. All right, back one final time. We got Brinson back in studio with us to wrap things up. Jimmy B is uh, get ready for some high school baseball tonight. Third-ranked Urbandale hosting top-ranked Johnston. Game one going on right now, so... I'm going to be skedaddling out of here, get over there, hopefully catch the end of game one, and then broadcasting game number two. Number one versus number three. Doesn't get much better mm-hmm. than that. No, pal. Look, I'll be dialed in. I'll check you out as I'm on my way to the refreshment stand to get ready to watch the NHL action tonight in the Stanley Cup Finals. Las Vegas and Washington and the Capitals leading two games to one in what has been an unbelievable series so far. So, no, I'll take a listen. Listen, I always I always try to tune in when you're doing baseball because I know how much you love doing high school baseball games, and you're damn good at it. So that makes it even better for me when I tune in. Well, there's a lot of high-level talent out there. Johnson's got three guys that are committed to play at the University of Iowa, all juniors, in fact, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, you got the Urbandale team. they got a kid committed to Iowa. A lot of guys going on to play collegiate baseball. It's the CIML in general, Jimmy B, as you know, is very good across the board uh-huh. in all sports. But 
baseball-wise, it, it might even be at a different level. I think they've won something like 13 of the last four, uh, 14 championships at the 4A level, high-level teams, game in and game out. It's just it's a lot of fun to see. And uh, for a night like this, if you're not into the hockey this evening, we got you covered with a real good one. Yep, you do. Uh, I'm Like I said, this is going to be uh, fun tonight, and you will be there front and center, and you'll be uh, calling uh, all of the action. So I look forward to that. But I really am, and it, let me just go off a little bit on the hockey, okay? Yep. Because the Stanley Cup Finals have not disappointed. The fastest team in the league, the Golden Knights of Las Vegas, against a team that is probably, they have good speed, but nobody has speed like Vegas has. But all of a sudden, Holtby in goal, uh, he's really started to get really good about the middle of that Pittsburgh Penguins series. And that has carried over, not only when they eliminated Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, but now here. The, the save that he made back in Vegas, the diving stick save, is still uh, the highlight save of uh, the Stanley Cup so far. But... I'm really impressed with the way that these two teams go at it. And there's a little, uh, there's a little chippiness in this, in this series, which is always interesting in hockey. You and I like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I look, I look for another exciting game tonight, partner. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think, uh, yeah. get home, watch a little bit of that, hopefully catch the third yeah. period. Looking forward to it. Baseball wise, a very light night on the uh, schedule. The only thing for me is the Yankees uh, had a big victory, doubleheader with them and the right. Tigers, but watching tonight, Royals, Angels, of course, get a chance to see Trout and Shohei Otani yep. against Danny Duffy, yep. who's been pretty good the last couple of times out after a real rough start to his season. So a little local flair. The Royals obviously aren't going anywhere this year, but some late-night baseball, something at least keep you interested on a Monday evening. There you go. Yeah, yeah. If you're not a hockey fan, you like you like your baseball, then that would be a game that you would probably want to uh, a sample, as you said, with Otani and Trout. Boy, Trout's just been knocking the cover off the ball too recently. Pretty good player, huh, Jimmy B? Pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. good. Well, we're out of here. I'm uh, heading from this location, Urbandale, okay. to the other one. All right, you have a good night, Jimmy B. Thank you, brother, and we will uh, do it again, everybody, tomorrow on Tuesday, bright and early, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right here on the Big Talker 1700.